from the Lake Erie shores of Northeast Ohio. Hello, Cleveland! Rock and roll capital of the world and birthplace of the comic book superhero. Faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. This is the Panel Scanners Podcast since 2012. Someone among us got a little early Christmas present in the PS5, yeah. and I think a lot of us are excited to get some impressions on this. Um, Spider-Man, Phil, uh, how far along are you, and what do you think? Well, uh, first, just just getting my hands on a PS5, I felt very, very lucky. I think I might have mentioned it in a previous episode that I had snuck in and, and grabbed a pre-order. Much to and, our uh, um, absent friend's dismay and jealousy. Yeah, Tim Tim was not as uh, happy, and I sent him pictures when it showed up just to kind of rub it in a little bit. Um, but the, the system's great type, so far. He? What was that, Darren? He is the jealous type, isn't he? He can be, for sure. Um, so yeah, we, we, we uh, went back and forth a little bit. Uh, the system, for the most part, is great. It's obviously, you know, still in the buggy, just-release state. I've had it crash on me twice, uh, just out of the blue um but it, it was very similar to like getting the blue screen when you're playing the ps4 and you can send in the error report but uh i i started with just playing astro's playroom which was fantastic and obviously i've spent the vast majority of my time otherwise playing miles morales i'm about 63 64 done uh i'm doing all the side missions and stuff as they're coming up so it's shorter and right? i mean well, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a DLC in the oh, in yeah. kind of the main stretch of things. Obviously, it's all Miles. You're not Peter at all. And it it plays very, very similarly to the 2018, which is hard to believe it's been two years since that came out, the 2018 Spider-Man. God, that feels like a lifetime I did, ago. <laughs> I know. Uh, picking up... I, I did pick up the remaster of that also. Uh, they bundled it with Miles Morales if you paid like what the PS5 new game price was. And I haven't gone back to it yet. But I, my understanding is it, it did a really nice job bringing in that ray tracing and some of the really cool lighting effects that exist in Miles Morales. Um, the main difference in the game, if it is someone that is kind of on the fence about picking it up, is that if you are familiar with miles in the comics, he has a few powers that Peter doesn't. So you have his, uh, bioelectric shocks and you get some cool moves with that and you get the invisibility. So you can do some stealth stuff. That was a little more difficult to do as Peter. And, uh, that is kind of a cool addition to it. You get a little bar of time that you can stay invisible and it, it releases, uh, throughout story. So, because, if you play the original Spider-Man, you know that Miles is just kind of starting out, and this is definitely picking up a little bit after that once Miles has learned a little bit, and he's getting more Spider-Man-esque, and he's making the mistakes that like Peter does, and um, they did a nice little narrative thing to get Peter out of New York, so... Miles is completely on his own. He's the only. That's kind of like the premise of the game is that you're New York's only Spider-Man, so make it work. So he's trying to do that. So uh, I have a question. Now this is uh, the video game universe, and I played the Spider-Man game. It's a separate universe from the movies. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. And it's also a separate universe from this uh, burgeoning uh, animated universe with uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, right? Correct. Now, it's let me ask thing. you this question. How confusing is this to you? Not at all. Okay. Okay. Because this is something I'm going to touch on in our segment after uh, 3WA while we were away. Um, and it's one of my uh, one of my selections. I think you'll know where I'm going with this in a little bit. I just want to know. So you're saying that Marvel is able to quite effortlessly effortlessly create three different universes, and none of the audience seems really confused by this. And I myself, as a bit of a perhaps a Marvel layman in terms of the the media, very well, well versed in the comics, but in terms of the big media, not so much. I've never been confused either, Phil. Again, we're going to touch on that. Well, and I mean, I also think just being a Spider-Man fan, you never have like one timeline, one version of Spider-Man going on. I mean, literally, they had the Spider-Verse in the comic books for this reason. Right. So it's it's more of the same for me. Like, this is just the way I know this hero. Yeah, and it's also, you know, most comic book aficionados would be well versed in it given that we had crisis on infinite earths and then you've had multiple dimensions in marvel many times yeah so this is not it's not new territory for people who are even mildly familiar with these things it's very true so i got so we do have a go ahead phil sorry i was gonna say we do have a guest tonight who's staying very quiet during all of our our banter and i feel like he has something to say because i can see his face do you have anything to add to this Gary, who has come back to help us out tonight. Well, apparently uh, Tim is that jealous type, so he stood you guys up. No, I don't know. It was the I'm PS5. Sure he's got, uh, it was the PS5. He's, he's not over it. that. He's still angry about that. I, I do believe Phil was taunting him with it also. So, um. I mean, well-deserved. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. Welcome back, Gary. Thanks for filling in tonight. Hey, glad to be here, guys. I got to show you something. Um, it's... Uh, I told Gary a long time ago I jumped off, you know, I had a lot of memorabilia. I sold so much of it, and I haven't really purchased anything of note in many, many years uh, in terms of, like, a comic book, sure, but action figures, props, things like that. You know, I did buy the Adam West cowl. I couldn't help it, and that was a costume because CJ was Robin. Um, But I ended up having one I couldn't – I'm going to put this in the Instagram – one I could not pass up. It's uh, I'm going to show it to you guys right here. It is a filmation He-Man, but it's holiday He-Man. Oh, he's man. got look at this. He's got a candy striped sword, and he's wearing a Santa hat. And it's if you look at him, it's the filmation cartoon. Yeah. I'm going to put this in the Instagram. I saw this and I went, oh my god, this thing is glorious. Um, <laughs> and now that I know they make the normal version. And they also make uh, a Skeletor, and I went, oh no, here it comes. <laughs> so slippery slope. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is a slippery slope for sure. Um, All that restraint you've had is now out the window. <laughs> yes, I was off that train for so many years, a decade plus, and now it looks as though I will be uh, dropping some coin on some plastic again. Masters of the Universe has seemed to be a weakness for you for a while, though. Well, it's definitely found a rebirth because uh, my little buddy is so into it. Um, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. We've we've actually now watched... Gary, I know you agreed that at some point within the next... Uh, I don't know when, we were planning on doing a Masters of the Universe special. And I think Gary and Mark are going to join me for that because I don't think that... Uh, 
Phil and um, Tim are all that into it. And uh, I have a person climbing up on my lap as I speak because... <laughs> hey, CJ. He's wavy. Um, so I, I think that uh, Gary and Mark, uh, who both have joined me before, we did the Transformers special. They basically carried me through the Transformers special. Um, uh, we're going to do a Masters of the Universe one. And uh, it's something I've held off on because I know you and Tim really not that big into it. Um, I'm sorry. I had a Castle Grayskull when I was growing up. Oh, I had you? the no, yeah, oh, yeah, I had the action figures. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna get to that at some point. I'm excited for it. Um, what? Uh, so yeah, I mean it's 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 a good time. Hi. <laughs> He's sitting on my lap. He's a good boy. Um, you want to hold Holiday He Man? Here you go. He's really excited about this. Um, yeah, so it's, it's fun times. But we got some stuff to talk about tonight. I'm excited for it. What are we talking about tonight, Phil? Well, let's – well, first and foremost, this is that time of year. It is our holiday special, mm-hmm. so we are going to be talking a lot of holiday stuff. Uh, but I want to get too in-depth with that because first we need to talk about some things that happened while we were away. And, and Darren – you're going to lead us on this first sad trip. Yeah, while we were away, news from Eon Productions and the James Bond universe, and it's a it's about as sad as news gets. Um, R.I.P. Sean Connery. Earlier this month, Sean Connery passed away at the age of ninety. Um, Mark and I did uh, back on Panel Scanners episode one fourteen back in March during the shutdown. And Mark, well, the first time he joined me was uh, when you and Tim, and we were all having just such a horrible time balancing mm-hmm. schedules. And uh, Mark, my buddy Mark, is a huge James Bond fan, probably the big one I know. And uh, we did a Who's Your Bond of the six main guys who have portray- portrayed James Bond. And uh, we both had Sean Connery at number two. Now, once again, I do feel it's... Uh, necessary to preface that anytime we do these rundowns these uh we we index things like this we're always talking about our favorites not the best and so here's what i wrote about sean connery um back in march uh far be it for me to disagree with anyone who wants to claim that connery the truest original is the best after all the man's silhouette is famous with each new actor and every shaken martini, double entendre, surname, emphasized introduction, and awkward karate fight or two. Roger Moore, I'm looking in your direction. He, Roger Moore was my number three. Um, two dozen, perhaps. <laughs> Connery's legacy was further cemented. He is the foundation on which the most legendary cinematic character was built and able to thrive. The original women want him and men want to be him. Titan of the silver screen. While I only have him as my number two, even I must admit that his is the face I see and the voice I hear when I think about James Bond. He is a true icon in every sense of the term, though throwing out the word icon in Connery's Bond's direction doesn't seem enough. The term iconic is thrown around so often and so carelessly that it kind of has lost its meaning. I mean, you're saying that, you know, Stan Lee is an icon. Sean Connery is an icon. Those are icons. And I think, I mean, I was hearing the other day, uh, just watching football, that someone was talking about how the Arizona quarterback, Kyler Murray, is iconic. I'm like, he's in year two. That is not possible. It's got to be 
Uh, from my perspective, there must be a significant passage of time. An icon must be made to endure changing attitudes, desires, trends, and genres. To put a fine point on anything or anyone with true iconicism, you couldn't do a whole lot better than placing Sean Connery with that famous pose, gun in one hand, drink in the other, and that wry smile on his face next to the definition. To some degree, anyone who has ever been in an action film or dreamt of being in an action film or even simply fantasized about being a cool guy like in an action film, you owe something to Sean Connery. Agreed. For sure. I mean, my my Connery memories, although I, I did watch the James Bond movies, of course, uh, growing up, not as in-depth as you all, but uh, Indiana Jones' dad. Yeah, that was such a that, great... That was such an absolute excellent casting. I mean, who else could be Indiana Jones's father, other than Indiana, other than James Bond, right? It, it, yeah, it just fits so well, and I remember that so so vividly, like the first time seeing him and going, "Wasn't that guy James Bond?" Yeah. And just just absorbing and just how good of how good he always like fit into his parts and. He was just a fantastic actor. Like he, he was made to do what he did. I was and, thinking of what else Sean Connery had been in, and uh, the Indiana Jones movie was not the first thing that popped into my head. Highlander. Oh yeah, yes. Highlander. <laughs> For some reason, was the first thing other than James Bond that popped in my head, and I don't even think he liked that role. Honestly, um, well, he kept coming back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Untouchables. He won an Oscar for Untouchables. Um, what are you prepared to do? That won the Oscar right there. Uh, Red October. Yeah, mm-hmm. Hunt for Red October. He was excellent. And it's funny. He was so good that he played a Russian sub commander in Red October. Didn't bother with having a Russian accent. He just, I'm Sean Connery. I'm a Russian commander in the submarine. That's what we're doing today. Like, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> You're Sean Connery. No one's going to argue with you. Um. Yeah, so that that's a sad one. I mean, that's right up there with anybody in terms of pop culture. He is on whatever Mount Rushmore for pop culture. He belongs on there. Yeah, it was definitely a sad loss for all this stuff that we love. For um, reference, I did say that um, both Mark and I had him as number two on mm-hmm. our list. Mark had Daniel Craig at number one, and I had Pierce Brosnan. Hmm. What about you guys? Who's your favorite Bond? I don't, I don't know, honestly. Like I said, it's not something I because when you brought up that you were doing the special in the first place, I told you I, I've, I've definitely not seen every movie. I and I, I think maybe two thirds of them. Yeah, and I. I don't know. Like I'm very pass. I've passively seen probably every Bond in like one film, and it'd be really hard for me to put my finger on my favorite. Connery is one of the ones that stands out. Can I tell you and, something? Uh, if you've seen one Bond, you've seen them all. You really I mean, have. film wise, <laughs> it's, it's the guy portraying them. I'm not sure so Mark much. will not want me to say that, but it, it's, <laughs> it's pretty much true. I mean, I, I've seen all the Daniel Craig ones. Mm-hmm. My, my I, I'll say my, uh, I guess my, my, my big bond time was probably Roger Moore. He was my okay. number three. As far as yeah. when I watched them, 
with any sort of, you know, reverence. Um, the Sean Connery ones, I think I caught maybe in rerun, like, oh, yeah. you know, half this episode happened to be on when I turned on the channel. And I never saw any of the Pierce Brosnan ones. Uh, was it Timothy Dalton did one or two? Mm-hmm. I never saw that. Let me let me, let me um, save you some time. Uh, go watch Goldeneye. That's Pierce Brosnan's first. Skip the rest. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think I think Bond, much like anything that we can see in repetition. I mean, we read comic books here. Like you, ge- like I, Spider Man is my favorite. I know generally the way those Spider Man stories are going to play out. Yeah. You just, I mean, if you enjoy it, you enjoy it. It right. is what, it, it, it's just a different venue for that type of stuff. And I mean, Connery did it really well. I do remember Goldeneye very fondly. That was also because I spent how many hours sinking into playing Goldeneye on oh, yeah. 64? That I did, yeah. <laughs> so, so this was based off of a movie? Okay. Yeah, Pierce, yeah, Brosnan's, a movie. Pierce Brosnan's run gets progressively worse. Um, that's what I heard. I think that's why I wasn't in such much, so much of a rush to see them. It's really, you know what, I think Mark even said this one time, and he's not that much of a football fan, but he says Bernie, or uh, Pierce Brosnan is the Bernie Kosar of the Bond actors. Should have been the greatest of all time, but was surrounded with garbage. Ooh, that that, that speaks to me. (laughs) Be careful. By the way, I have to show you, and I'll post this on Instagram too. Um, I'm going to show this real quick, okay? The uh, Holiday He-Man came with official Masters of the Universe wrapping paper. CJ was just handing that to me. He's being a very good boy. He's sitting right next to me. Wow. Well, he's sitting on top I'm of glad that I'm glad that he can appreciate Masters of the Universe oh, along yeah. with his father. So RIP Sean Connery, this is a big loss um, for, I mean, all of us at this point. Whether or not you were a James Bond fan or not, you you knew who that guy was, even though he hasn't stepped into the, officially been Bond since the 70s. Um, he's still the man. Very true. Well, uh, some more recent news, actually. This this just broke. Um, and this is out of the realm of what I would normally talk about. But I got my grubby fingers on it first. As of recording this yesterday, we learned that Wonder Woman 1984 got an actual release date, an official release date that it is going to be released both on HBO Max and in theaters, same day. And it's not going to be an extra charge on HBO Max like Mulan was on Disney+. And it is a Christmas present to all of us. December 25th, Wonder Woman 1984 will be available to be watched in your home so you can unwrap presents and watch wonder woman lasso lightning bolts i think that um after finally seeing the first one i'm excited for it i think it'll be a good watch and just the fact that this this is kind of a uh, thing too for us to really pay attention to as moviegoers and comic book fans that big companies are now like we're going to release them in theaters if you really want to go but also on these streaming services which is a concern for theaters being a long-standing thing there's always going to be people that want to go but i don't know so you finally saw wonder woman i did tim would be thrilled tim was thrilled darren was tired of hearing about it yeah <laughs> i didn't care then and i don't care now um, yeah so real quick phil <laughs> You know how I usually will go in and I will, if I see something big. Oh, Marvel, did we lose Darren? Did we? Am he froze momentarily. There he is. Oh, there you, you are. You know how I, uh, if I see something big Marvel and I'm, uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll put it on your rundown. 
from this point yeah. forward, you better get there first because I'm taking it from you. Because how this didn't end up in my spot, I do not know. But I'll say this. Uh, I, uh, I was an anti-AT&T guy for a while, and all of a sudden, uh, they gave me new phones. The wife and I knew new phones, and they dropped our bill 60 bucks a month, and we got HBO Max. So I'm pretty excited about that. I certainly will be watching that. Um, so I'm excited about it. I, I'm glad you're going to check it out, Phil. It's uh, had one of the great trailers we've seen in a long time, that first trailer they put out. So that, I was sort of like... The first one was great. I felt like it probably should have ended there, and then they brought out the trailer, and I'm like, there seems to be some life in this thing. So, all right, we'll see. Well, well along with uh, Phil watching Wonder Woman. Speaking of things that Darren doesn't care about, Snyder cut news. Uh. Jared Leto has uh, apparently reprised his Suicide Squad Joker role for four minutes of new footage for the upcoming Snyder Cut Justice League miniseries that will be shown eventually on HBO Max. Um, The Joker wasn't part of the original material, but uh, Joker is said to appear road-weary and will look different than he did in Suicide Squad, yet honoring what was created there. Um, I'm not exactly sure what road-weary means. Long hair, unshaven. (laughs) He's like Jack Kerouac. Something and again um, for four minutes. This sounds to me they're like a flashback or maybe like a dream sequence. Be a hipster philosopher. That like, isn't Leto like renowned as like the worst Joker they've done? Um, I mean, for like what he had like seven minutes of screen time as Joker. I something like that. I remember Tim reporting on this that his performance was completely eradicated and most people like that have talked about that movie coming out and by the way phil you know how i made you see batman versus superman (laughs) i told you you don't need to worry about this one yeah that that movie is infamous for it being as bad as batman versus superman was you kind of figured that oh that was only six months later and like well there's no way it's going to be that bad and it was (laughs) so um, yeah, there's no fiber in my being that wants to see Suicide Squad. Yeah, I just don't. That new one looks good, but this one's the just... Birds of Prey one. No, 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 the new Suicide Squad that your boy James Gunn directed. Um, oh well, it's James Gunn. Oh, with John Cena. Yeah, that's it's like I'm in and I'm out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but well, Ben Affleck's Batman was in that briefly, wasn't he? Yep, and he's back. Okay, too. so he's... I mean, there's sort of the you know universe tie-in. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and by the, way, the whole movie was predicated on they were creating a team that could take out Superman, who they had already killed. So that was right away you're creating this team to kill a guy that's dead. Just pointing that out. Um, just anyway, let's see. Yeah, I don't know, Gary. Did you see Suicide Squad? No, I didn't. Yeah, I saw uh, clips. But... Jared Leto was not the big problem. He certainly didn't elevate the proceedings. But it certainly wasn't his fault. Well, there was a Joker reference in. Was it Justice League? Was it uh, Affleck? A uh, Batman was looking at the Robin costume. You would have to tell me because I didn't see Justice League either. Yeah, there was a reference to it. There's multiple. There is sort of a reference tie-in. You know, there's the Joker, uh, ha 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 ha, written all over a Robin uniform. So I, I'm guessing it's going to be some sort of a flashback. You know, maybe that's Probably. what sets 
Bruce Wayne into that mindset. You know, that's how his outlook is shaped. But I mean, four minutes of footage, it can't really affect the story too much. So like I said, flashback, dream sequence, maybe part of that nightmare sequence that they've done. Maybe they just want to be sure that we don't like them. Like, are you guys sure? Because here's some more. <laughs> no, it's, uh, what you gave us, uh, um, Phoenix, Walking Phoenix. Yeah, yeah Walking Phoenix Joker is so good. Yeah. They ought to just replace Yeah, you probably want to leave that alone. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think he wants to be a part of that. All right. So, yeah, uh, Snyder Cut, still pending. Nothing. But, uh, yeah, still a thing. Um, <laughs> We're not sure why. Still, you know, Dark Side and the other stuff, but uh, we'll see it when it comes out, I guess. You'll see it when it comes out. <laughs> on the DC Universe, right? All right. Well, so, moving on to more DC stuff. And, uh, all right, so Man of Steel 2. Yes, it's happening, or, the, or, or unless it's not, which could probably be the case that it's not, but it is. In fact, there might be three movies. Which the first one doesn't count. But actually, we're not sure yet. He might just be a, uh, a cameo. Here's the thing. Nobody knows. This thing's been reported on to death. I'm sick of it. I'm more sick of this than I am Star Trek Four or the freaking Snyder Cut. Because... Wow. Yeah, it's, it's first of all, Man of Steel sucked. I've been very open about my displeasure with that film. And, and not, Henry Cavill's fine. He's a great Superman. There's no Clark Kent, and that, and, he, and as I've said a million times, and I'll say it a million more throughout the life of this podcast, Superman is only as good as the Clark Kent. So, a month ago or so, they announced Man of Steel two. A lot of uh, you know, IMDb, Joe Blow, ComicBook.com, a lot of these places picked up on it, and then they backtracked off of it and said, no, he's back as Superman, and he's going to be making a ton of cameos. And then they backtracked off and that says what we're really planning is a, is a trilogy of Superman movies. And then they backtracked off of that. So, you know what? I don't care. I'm done with it. When it happens, it happens. Moving on to something that we know is happening. And that's a Green Lantern TV series. And we have some details about it for the first time. It is also going to be a DC Universe. No, it's not. Because that's also gone. Um, it's going to be an HBO Max TV series that will feature Alan Scott. Guy Gardner, Simon Baz, Jessica Cruz, uh, those will be the lanterns assigned to protect Earth. Um, now, Simon Baz debuted in 2012 as a character. Jessica Cruz was a product of the New 52 era and a popular one at that, So she enough so that she migrated back to the main continuity with Rebirth. Curiously, no mention of Hal Jordan or Jon Stewart. Lanterns, which would be, although Alan Scott was the first, I think most people think of Hal Jordan. Listen, there's a whole generation of kids that grew up watching those, uh, uh, the Warner Brothers animated series, The Justice League, in which Jon Stewart was the primary Green Lantern. So there's a whole legion of fans out there that think that believe that Jon Stewart is the rightful Lantern, and why not? Um, and there also is no word if whether or not the series is going to be tied to the soon to be defunct DC universe uh, universe or the Arrowverse. Um, though it should be noted in the final episode of arrow, Oliver Queen's bodyguard and best friend, John Diggle, AKA Spartan was heavily teased as receiving the lantern ring. We saw this happen. It was long rumored that he was going to occupy the John Stewart position in the Arrowverse. Additionally, Hal Jordan has been teams, teased multiple times in the Arrowverse, so we don't know what this is going to be tied to. 
uh, in any way, shape, or form. But that's not the only uh, series that DC is considering. And in fact, based on the success of Stargirl, which I'll say, uh, Lily and I are watching and we really like it. It is really, really good. Um, really? But, yeah, but uh, she might be getting some company. Well, if it's DC and it's not HBO Max, it must be The CW. The CW is at it again. Uh, there is a script development deal in place for a one-hour drama for Wonder Girl. Uh, if ordered to a series, it would follow the adventures of Yara Floor, the daughter of an Amazon warrior and a Brazilian river god. Uh, DC is going to be issuing a story uh, arc known as Future State. I don't know if you guys have heard about this. Uh, sometime in the future where new people have taken over the mantles of heroes such as Superman, Batman, and The Flash, and others. Uh, Yara 4 just so happens to be the future state Wonder Woman. So, uh, the CD, uh, CW excuse me, series is going to be a, I don't want to say prequel, but this is the introduction and the coming up of Yara before she receives you know, the full title of Wonder Woman. Uh, the CW series is notable for both starring the first Latina superhero and also being based on a character who hasn't officially debuted in DC Comics. <laughs> uh, Wonder Girl would be joining the CW's already DC-heavy lineup, which includes The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, Supergirl, Black Lightning, Batwoman, Stargirl, and the upcoming Superman and Lois. Yeah, so the future state is something that they teased in the final season of Arrow with uh, Oliver Queen and Felicity's daughter, Mira Queen. Um, and there's there's still a series in play that's called uh, Black Canary and, or Green Arrow and the Canaries, where his daughter is Green Arrow. I mean, and they, uh, listen, it sounds like one of those concepts you're like, really? And they did a really nice job with it. I don't know if I'm signing up to watch the show. But, uh, I mean, they spent a lot, a whole season, like, in and out of that thing. And it, it got more interesting as time went on. It is really weird hearing about the CW and not hearing Arrow in the list of shows. Yeah, it really shows. is. It, it, plus, Although it's still referred to as the Arrowverse, even though well, it's like, no longer. You know, it's funny. <laughs> I think we're all used to saying that because that's what it was called. And I know that the CW put out a, um, a promo which officially dubbed it the CW-verse. But I just haven't gotten to uh, that ingrained in my head. But you're right. And you know the funny thing is, uh, Green Arrow's on-screen death doesn't even happen on Green Arrow, on the show Arrow. It happened on Supergirl during Crisis on Infinite Earths. And then they rounded out the year, and then everything shut down, including the shows. So really, we haven't seen a whole lot of the CW-verse without Green Arrow yet. Because none of those shows finished their seasons last year. Such a weird thought. Yeah. But you're right, Gary. It is really strange to not see um, see him in there. And we're going to talk a little bit more, uh, a little bit about the, the, the Arrow slash CW verse. But in other We've universe Disney news, Plus stuff, actually. Uh, so they are still pushing out these Marvel television shows from the MCU uh, on Disney Plus. They all got pushed back, obviously, due to the world. And uh, we got our first little piece of news about Moon Knight. Uh, they finally cast Mark Spector, and that role is going to Oscar Isaac, you know, Poe Dameron. Um, I think it's an interesting choice for Spector, and 
it, it's going to be really interesting to see him push his acting chops a bit, battling with his different personalities. So I, I'm hoping they lean into that really, really hard. Uh, are you guys at all familiar with Moon Knight more so than just what he looks like? And yes, what happened to Keanu? I thought he was in the running for that role. <laughs> I guess they gave his eyes uh, uh, Oscar Isaac. Well, if that's true, uh, you're looking for anything to give to Keanu. <laughs> Keanu yeah, is. Yeah, I got a question for you, Phil. In what issue did Moon Knight make his debut? What issue? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know off the top of my head, Darren. You are going to full-on punch yourself in the face because we talked about this last month and I've asked oh, you I know this we exact did, same question five different times. Werewolf by night. You ask what issue, not what comic. Those are very specific questions, Darren. So, okay. Werewolf by night, which number? Werewolf by night. Regardless, uh, I'm really bad at remembering issue numbers. That's why I uh, I froze there. So, uh, I, I mean, I've, I read the Moon Knight Marvel Now stuff and some it? of the older things. Um, and it was, it, it's interesting. I mean, I, I like, I like the idea of someone like having a mental breakdown as a superhero. Uh, I think it could be done if done well. And I don't think Oscar Isaac's a bad call. I, I don't know if I've really seen him in anything above like a Star Wars level uh, movie. So I, I don't know what else he has really been in. Can, yeah, do, I'm not that. Uh, no, I did no, see a movie with him. I forget what it's called. Oh, Ex Machina, where he's a, he creates droids with artificial intelligence. He's like this super genius. Uh, oh, that was him. Yeah, that was him. Yeah, that was a good movie. That was a good movie. Huh. It's one of well, the few movies I mean, I've seen in the last couple of years. I I I mean I so far I've been happy with the MCU casting, so mm-hmm. we'll we'll see. I'm I'm hopeful. Continuing that, uh, we finally, finally, finally have an official release date for WandaVision, which is the first Disney Plus MCU show. It is coming very early next year, January fifteenth. Um, Wanda is my understanding it's supposed to be running around the lines of her kind of losing her mind and dealing with the death of vision. So it, it could be very cool. Um, again, another approach, almost a drama psychological, uh, thriller type thing. So interested for sure. I loved the internet comments around the first trailer, which basically showed them in a 1950s sitcom. And, mm-hmm. the, and the fans went crazy. Like you can't do this. And I'm like, you know, it's a 30-second trailer, right? Do you guys not know how this works yet, still? And what has Marvel done to not earn your trust by this point? Right. Uh, and, I mean, the we all, if you know Wanda at all, being able to manipulate basically the world around her, I think it might be leaning a little more into her actual power set in this show um, that we haven't really seen in the movies because she's just kind of like all-powerful can make things move. Uh, I think we're going to learn a little bit more about her as a character. And especially since they are going to start introducing mutants finally into the MCU uh, in the coming year. So um, could be a lead into that also, mm-hmm. which I'm excited for, honestly. If they can handle X-Men and all of that well, um, coming out of the Eternals. And if this is leading into that, I am pleased. Well, she uh, apparently created like a little like pocket dimension. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, which I think leads into the what multiverse of madness. Correct, which yeah, okay. is it, the multiverse of madness. I think is going to be first, well, second approached by uh, the first on-screen big screen version of that is going to be in Spider-Man three. And there are definitely some rumors floating around that is making me a little concerned about this. Maybe finally being the uh, Marvel cinematic universe slip up. And of course it would have to be Spider-Man. There are lots of rumors about casting and a little too much casting, a little too many villains um, starting to mirror a little bit of our Sam Raimi Spider-Man three, where we just, yeah, too many, too many villains. Um, Doctor Strange is filling in for the Iron Man role. There are rumors of Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield being cast in the film too. So that's this because one? They're leaving... I'm sorry? That's Spider-Man 3? Spider-Man 3. Oh. Into the multiverse uh, idea behind it. Uh, so who knows? It, it, they might have other things going on they're being pretty tight-lipped about it they are filming there's been a lot of pictures of tom holland running around with a covid mask on um while swinging around so Why i don't know I, mask? well i mean i don't think that spider mask does very well protecting her from covid so it is okay. just a problem two words spider ham yes. if spider ham shows up i don't know how i'll handle it all right, may I interject a few things here, Phil? Number one, you're worried about it being the first Marvel slip-up. My humble opinion, it already happened with Far From Home. The movie was terrible. Um, this whole thing about them getting Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, that news kind of came out after DC announced that The Flash was going to get Michael Keaton and Ben Affleck. And this feels like the two companies to me are just having a hissy fit with each other. Like, oh yeah, well, we're getting Michael Keaton back. Oh yeah, well, we're bringing Tobey Maguire back. Oh yeah, we're going to go get Ben Affleck, which no one really cares about. Oh, yeah? Well, we're going to go get Andrew Garfield, which no one really cares about. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, we're going to... That's what it feels like these two movies are doing. Like, they're just going to keep trying to one-up each other at this point. I will say that Disney, Marvel, whatever, have, have said that these are unconfirmed rumors and that they're unconfirmed cast members, so... I don't – who knows if it's true or not, but these are just the things that have started floating around. Which is the same just... thing they've been saying on the DC side. And I'm telling you mm-hmm. right now, if that Flash movie comes out and Michael Keaton's not in it, that's it. I'm done with that whole DC universe. It's like you can't give me that much of what you're, you're promising me and then go, oh, yeah, we're not really doing that. Because it came out of Warner Brothers that they are hoping that Michael Keaton can serve as the DCEU's Nick Fury. And if you got that coming, you're like, now you're on to something, if you ask me. But, that sounds more like a Batman Beyond to me. Well, he's supposed to be uh, in the HBO Max Batman Beyond series as Bruce Wayne. Oh, that's right. I am, I, I'm interested in that Batman Beyond series on HBO oh, Max. I am, too. I am, too, especially if he's I Bruce Wayne. I love Batman Beyond. I do, too. And you're, I, mean, you, I mean, there's no one else out there. Well, but, but, but let me put it to you this way. If they're going to do Batman Beyond and it's not Michael Keaton, just forget it. Just put it to bed. All right? Wait wait another 15, 20 years until Ben Affleck's too old or Christian Bale. You know, then go revisit it then because no one's going to – I think you have to go that way. And especially they were saying that the universe is going to be a mixture between Anton First's Tim Burton Gotham and, like, Tron. I'm like, 
if nothing else, I want to see what that looks like. Ooh. So that would be interesting. Yeah. More Disney Plus news. Uh, because, you know, what's better than digging up an old 80s flop and giving it a TV series? Well, it worked for the Dark Crystal. Um, Willow is now finally, yes, it's official from Disney. They're not going to give us the uh, Warner Brothers. Yeah, we're doing this maybe, sort of. It's already happening. We've cast everyone, but we're not sure we're doing it. Their sets are built. We've given a ton of money, but we're not sure it's happening. No, no, no. This is absolutely 100% occurring. Uh, Willow will be getting a limited series uh, with Ron Howard back and Warwick Davids reprising his role as the title character. The series had long been gestating. But it's finally confirmed thanks in no small part to the success of the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. Now, only if Disney Plus would go ahead and pull the trigger of picking up Season 2 of the Dark Crystal oh, Age of Resistance. I know. From what we understand, that is not going to happen because they have already uh, struck sets and all that. And that stuff was dismantled and, they, and uh, the Henson Company said it's just not going to happen, which is... I mean, it's heartbreaking. But as I've said multiple times, I can't believe we got what we did. And then when we, what we got was just amazing. Gary, did you finish watching it? No, we're uh, six episodes in. Oh, is, what do you oh think? man. I, I'm looking forward to episode seven. I mean, that's, but it's a little bittersweet knowing that it's just going to abruptly end. But you know, you if there's have... anything we've learned, nothing's dead forever. Willow is getting a TV series. Okay. So, yeah, but I don't wait another thirty years for you know season two. You know, <laughs> you'll you'll still be okay with the ending. Like it's not it's not like they I are don't moving. Know, like it story. was one of those. There's there's enough of a conclusion that you'd be okay. All right. I mean, like after like the second episode, I had to call Darren because I had questions. Yeah. Like the first five, the first five minutes, I'm like, that's wrong. That's wrong. You 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 can't. So I don't, I don't want to give things away, but when they kind of explained, you know, the Skeksis, how they first appeared, mm-hmm. didn't quite line up with the way the movie and the cracked crystal and the mystics. And it does. So it does. That get addressed later or not, but it does. And they, I think they intentionally leave a lot of that ambiguous, which I certainly appreciate. Um, yeah. But you're, you're going to get it's fine. And they did say that they are going to continue the story. Which you would assume means comic book form because the comic books they put out were so good, um, which I'm fine with. I mean, I'll, I'll absolutely read it. I, the Power of the Dark Crystal, which which was the official sequel, um, was was fantastic. It was my pick of the year two years ago, two years in a row, by the way. Yeah, mm. that was Simon Spurrier, right? Mm-hmm. It sure was. Oh man. All right. So, obviously, we're talking all this crazy stuff and we haven't mentioned netflix yet so we have to right because all we need is more comic book stuff put into the real world so netflix after losing its marvel uh shows had to find something to slide into those slots and they did that by reaching out to neil gaiman and they are going to be doing a sandman series in netflix uh toward mid late year of 2021 is the goal at the moment um it is going to according to gaiman include a couple of the key stories of dream a little dream of me which has a cameo from john constantine uh 24 hours which is famously very 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 brutal 
and a few other big, well-known Sandman stories. Um, it is meant to be, and I quote from Gaiman, thought-provoking and scary. So for those keeping score, that's Sandman, Green Arrow ser- Green Lantern series, the whole CW-verse, um, upcoming Batman Beyond, and DC can't keep a streaming service going? Did they forget they had that thing? I mean, really? And by the I, way, Netflix already canceled this, right? I mean, we're, we're expecting that any minute now. Oh, the DCU? Yeah, that's... That was uh, a joke whatever. about Netflix canceling everything. Oh, well, yeah. I just That just baffles me. Like, all these DC shows that are out there, and you had your own streaming service, and you say, well, we, can't, we have to shut it down. Well, did you ever think about actually putting the content on the streaming service? I think that's what really surprised me when I got my hands on HBO Max, just the pure quantity of DC stuff. Yeah, it's, that's that it, was, That's all going there, right? Yeah, but it was already there. And, mm-hmm. like, I don't think enough people were using the comic book aspect of it. I know you were, Darren, yeah, but... Every I, now and then. Yeah, I did. I just... I don't, I don't know. I feel like it was a very ambitious thing that they executed poorly. Oh, for sure. For sure. I was so excited, and I missed that thing already. Um, is this a finally? Are we done? Is this the last one? Yes. Okay. And it's a good one. And this one's a doozy. Yeah. All right. I don't know if you guys heard this, but George Lucas is at it again. <laughs> um, he is out there. It seems like every six months or so he pops up talking about uh, episodes seven, eight, and nine, um, about his notes that were jettisoned. Now, he did this a while back, and he talked about how the seven, eight, and nine, if you recall, and this is this is not a direct quote; it's paraphrasing, but it's fairly accurate. the The seven, eight, nine would have taken place at the molecular level, and you yeah. would have been inside the force. And everyone went because there was a whole. If you remember, yeah, it's exactly right. You were going to find out. It was like, and I remember. I forget the name of it now, but I was thinking of that Chris Rock animated movie where he was the. So I'm like, oh, this, that's that's it. That was the one. I'm like, oh, this will be great. That's exactly what I was thinking. Um, now I remember there was a big ground swelling about people who were dissatisfied with seven, eight, and nine, particularly after episode eight, and the the complete character assassination um, of Luke Skywalker. By the way, I believe Tim and I were probably leading that charge. Um, that we're really excited to maybe see if he's going to get back into this somehow. And then he started talking about that and everyone went, no, that's okay. Never mind. Well, we're just going to go have to accept what we have. But now he's come out uh, again and said that he had uh, a whole bunch of stuff planned. And now this comes from, uh, um, I guess there's a new coffee table book coming out called the Star Wars Archives 99 to 2005. So the prequel trilogy, but I guess there's much discussion about the proposed sequel trilogy. Now, he's someone come out and said that, and he always says, when George Lucas speaks, and I have a, a tremendous admiration for this man, don't get me wrong. I mean, he is to me as as big as Stan Lee and Sean Connery, and I mean, he's up there. He doesn't take a backseat to anybody, and uh, I am a huge George Lucas fan to this day, uh, but still... Every now and then he comes out and said, I had always planned to. And it's like, really? 
Was this Who's always the plan <laughs> way back in the late 60s, early 70s when you were developing this? Because we've never, I mean, if ever there was a universe that is completely overmined for even the most minute detail, it's the Star Wars universe for sure. Um, and all of a sudden, like, so anyway, he said that he wanted the first trilogy to be about the father, the second trilogy to be about the son, and the third trilogy to be about the daughter and the grandchildren. And he likens that his, um, his seven, eight, nine would be like rebuilding after the Iraq war. You've won the war. You, you, you freed everyone. Now, what do you do? And then this third one, the empire would not have been the main threat. Although there would be, um, stormtroopers who remained absolutely steadfastly loyal to the empire, the emperor and Darth Vader. And the point was that, Darth, you know, no one actually saw Darth Vader, um, you know, redeem himself. Most people just assume he was still Darth Vader. So there's still this, you know, loyalty to Vader. Um, but that the absence of Vader and the emperor would create this vacuum, uh, and organized crime would like the huts and others would be, you know, kind of competing with the, 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 the facet, the remaining Imperial remnant, which I, isn't that what they call it in the the Mandalorian film, the Imperial Remnant? Like yes. Rem- yeah. So that would still be there, and what was going to end up happening is you were going to find out that there was this mysterious leader at the top who was actually pulling the strings, which would have been revealed to be Darth Maul, who they and, and George Lucas goes on to say that well we already resurrected him in the TV series, and he would have had the spider legs for the body. Um, Leah would have been the main character. Luke would have been trying to rebuild the Jedi Order. No mention of Han, Chewie, Lando, the droids, or one influence Obi-Wan, Yoda, Vader, or the Emperor would have had. Um, so, although, I have to say, if I think it would have been, you're in that theater someday, maybe for the, the end of the first episode, seven or episode eight, and, you know, they reveal that who's been pulling the strings and it's Darth Maul, I think people would have been really reacting, reacting positively to that. I think that would have been... A huge moment, and I, I think and Tim and I mentioned this briefly. We didn't go into it too deeply last month, but we sort of um, talked about how we both were. I was very enthusiastic of Star Wars Episode Nine when I saw it last year, and I think over time, I think I sort of like realized that eh, that whole seven, eight, nine is pretty average at best. Um, I think we're going to see that as uh, a. I still think it's a huge missed opportunity. The fact that you had Carrie Fisher, you had Harrison Ford, you had Mark Hamill, and they virtually did nothing together. And so I think, why did you get them all back together if you weren't going to have them actually do anything? I think Han Solo was still the highlight of the whole thing. But this, I think, could have been awesome. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's where we are. I mean, let, let's let's wait another six months and see what else he says about this 789, and maybe it will... Who knows what can happen now, though, right? I the mean, Lucas there was that cut. rumor... There was that rumor. What, I'm sorry, Gary, what'd you say? It said the Lucas cut. Well, uh. you know, six months ago or so, do you recall, Phil, there was a little bit of a rumor out there that the Disney was going to completely reorganize the Star Wars universe and they were going to relegate the 789 to some sort of like parallel universe. Mirrors, and yeah. or actually... yeah, the mirror that Paul Patina was in front of. Yeah. Right, right. And it was going to be something like they were maybe going to do a seven, eight, nine and you know, I'm sorry, you can't just, you can't recork that bottle at, at some point. No, it's done. Let it be. Oh, Go I, on I, a I, different agree. Route. I mean, 
And at this point, if you're going to do that, there's no way you're getting Harrison Ford or Mark Hamill back. And Carrie Fisher, unfortunately, has passed on. So you're just going to give the fan base more of what they don't really want. And, I mean, at this point, let's just move on with Star Wars and do other things. Like, Mandalorian is, is so good. Like, keep going down those paths. And, I mean, they're obviously leaning into the positive animated television shows and and acknowledging them as part of the universe yeah. in Mandalorian now. So we're starting to see all this, like, tie-in. So there is this huge area of stuff that we haven't even really dealt with. Like, let the Skywalker stuff lie. Let's start looking at this other these other great things because we've talked about this before like if you look at the star wars movies as a whole there are more eh ones than great ones you're right you're absolutely right a lot of the side stuff is very very good so let's let's go let's go down these routes of of other things and realize that there is a whole universe literally out there of of different star wars things that we can do and i mean even like a lot of the video games as of late have been have been good um the Fallen Order was fantastic, uh, and I guess Squadrons is great, and there's all this other stuff that is out there that they can feed off of. So let Lucas sit on Lucas Ranch and talk his crazies, and let's move past 7, 8, and 9. <laughs> you know, and you bring up a great point, and, and you know, I'm, I'm glad Gary's here, but I do wish Tim were here because you know that episode, that first episode of Mandalorian, I don't think if ever I was given exactly what I wanted – I mean, what was what's my what's my probably my favorite television show since we started watching this doing this podcast, Phil? Justified. Justified, and <laughs> I've been you know supposing what Raylan Givens from Justified, Timothy Oliphant's character, would do in other universes, and they literally took Raylan Givens' character, even the actor that played him, plucked him out of Justified, put him in the Mandalorian, called him the Marshal. And I'm like, oh my god, they gave me exactly what I want. And he, he's sitting in a bar, just like in a western, telling the Mandalorian, like, you do not want to pull on me. I'm like, oh my god, he's going to pull on the Mandalorian. I was already rooting against the Mandalorian. <laughs> um, I could not have been more excited about that. And the, even the scene where the, the sandworm comes ripping through the, um, ripping through the, or the crot dragon comes ripping through the town. And he goes, and he just looks at it and he goes, you know what, we could probably work this out. I'm like, this is so perfect. Um, I, I was, I couldn't have been more excited and I hope his character, I've only seen episode one, I hope his character pops up later in the season. because There, uh, right now, there there's a big push online for that to be the first side show from The Mandalorian is, is his story. So I'm all for it. Um, as you know, I... <laughs> One of my favorite memes was uh, how how would you defeat Thanos' uh, the Chitari army? And one of them was just Raylan Givens walking over and telling him, like, listen, this whole alien invasion thing's a little bit illegal around here. So if you don't back it up, I might have to start pulling. And he has that icy stare and a cut-to scene of Chitari army backing up and going and going back into the parallel universe. I'm like, if you haven't seen Justified, it is worth every second of your time. Um... I, I, I now I get more of it in The Mandalorian. <laughs> so I know it was mentioned in the sequel trilogy, but wouldn't you love to see a buddy film with, like, Luke and Lando? Yes! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they told us this was happening in the freaking episode 9, yeah. where apparently Luke and Lando were hopping all over the galaxy. I'm like, 
You can't tell us that and not give it to us. Orlando was just like, oh yeah, I was with him the whole time. Like, all right, I said back then, Gary, I said Marvel Comics, get on that right now. I'm I'm waiting for it. I actually just uh, finished reading all the that first big volume, the between uh, A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, that run of the Star Wars comics, because I hadn't read like the last like four volumes. They're mm-hmm. super, super on sale and I had to buy one, get one coupon on oh, Comixology. Wow. So I got, I seriously got like 10 volumes of Star Wars for like oh, $7. Wow. Hey, they were out, they were hitting some home runs with that book early on. I it was really... good. It was good. It was, a, it was a good read and it led right into Empire. So mm-hmm. they're right now doing Between Empire and Jedi. So I'm yeah, going to wait again. What was that? I had the first three of those. Those were, I, I enjoyed what I was reading, but then the shutdown happened and I'm way, way behind. Yeah, that that's happened. Definitely not getting in the comic shop as frequently these days. Mm-hmm. I've actually been there more than I had in the past ever since I started uh, hanging out with you, Yahoo's. Well, we're yeah, sorry. A monthly poll list again. Well, sorry about your wallet. Yeah, well, yeah. Congratulations. You're welcome, and we're sorry at the same time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it is not a cheap habit. Yeah. I forgot how much I missed it though. Yeah, he, I know you said you're reading Horizon. Was there anything yeah, else that you're like? Horizon series, of course. My you know Transformers series that are out, mm-hmm. including the uh, Transformers '84, which I've been talking with Mark. You know, every time I pick up a new one, he's waiting for it to come out on trade. Oh yeah. Um, also, started following Monstrous. I know that's a. Uh, it is fantastic. Yeah, I, I'm missing a number of issues kind of early on, so I kind of want to pick those up first before I kind of read through. But the, the earlier ones that I have that I did read are amazing. It's it's great. It is so, so good. I'm a volume behind right now. Uh, about, well, about almost two volumes because they just closed up another one. But, man, that was a good read. I read it a couple of years ago. And you do know there's a Transformers X-Men crossover coming, right? Um, I've seen the, – the, was it the Blackbird? Is that the X-Men plane? Um. Yes. Yeah, I, I know they they have a uh, a figure, a a Blackbird mm-hmm. Transformer, like they did with Ecto One and the DeLorean, uh, the Back to the Future DeLorean. So they're doing this whole like crossover figure thing now. So I knew there was the figure out, but I didn't know there was going to be an actual series. There's rumors now floating around there being a comic series too. Mm-hmm. So we will see. I just thought that should be on your radar. Magneto done. Okay, we're moving on. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> oh, we're all well, made good. Good. Done. It's all good right. to have you back reading comics. That's good, and we'll talk <laughs> monsters sometime off air because right. I want to reread it too. So, cool. All right. All right. So holiday time, Darren. What you got for us? All right. So let's just a little bit of review. What did we talk about tonight? Willow getting a TV series. The mm-hmm. fact that we were complaining that we're not getting a season two of a Dark Crystal TV series when the fact that we actually have a TV series is amazing enough. A potential Batman Beyond series with Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne. Um, it just seems like, you know, Raylan Givens in The Mandalorian. It seems like anything you could possibly want is coming or is, is here or nothing seems impossible at this point. So my question, though, becomes what's under the tree? So what is this big hope that under this proverbial Christmas tree that uh, we have placed in the panel scanner's offices 
and uh, is, uh, you know, what would excite you, given that everything you have, a Marvel Cinematic Universe exists, and it's fantastic. Um, what's left? What have you not gotten yet? How could you complain by this point, but what are you still hoping is under that tree that you haven't gotten yet? Yes, we are supposing we are the spoiled kids at Christmas, because if you're a fan of cop pop culture, how could you not consider yourself spoiled at this point? Um, so, again, as always, this is wide open to interpretation, from comics to games, TVs to movies, action figures, other forms of memorabilia. What are you hoping is under that proverbial tree? And I'll go ahead and start with my um, honorables to my honorables. And do you guys have just the three, or do you have anything further than that? I just stuck to the three. I have three, but then I also sort of have a little uh, explanation of why a bunch of other stuff didn't make it on okay. the list. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to go give you my honorables, which I think I have the same thing as Gary. And then, Gary, you, you do that, and we'll cycle back to me for my, um, my three and two, and then we'll go from there, okay? All right. All right. So my honorable to my honorables would be a Superman video game. However, it hasn't happened yet. And there is nary the faintest whisper of anything on the horizon. I see no reason to pursue hope in this ever occurring. It is sort of like the Man of Steel sequels. At this point, there's been so many empty promises, so many mis uh, so many bad decisions. Superman, he's my favorite character, always will be. He deserves a lot better than this. But uh, I think that um, that's just not going to happen. And another honorable mention to my honorable mentions. Following Horizon Zero Dawn, I did admit i found myself daydreaming about a jurassic park game with similar mechanics how cool would that be all right gary what are your honorables to your honorables well uh my honorables to my honorable um back in may 21st episode 121 um i swore that i would never again purchase anything based off of a video game figures <laughs> i went through my uh duke nukem i went oh, through yeah. uh Front mission, all this stuff. Well, I was finding myself clamoring for Horizon Zero Dawn figures. Uh, turns out they exist. So, uh, didn't qualify for this list. Um, I had also said I would still buy Battle Chasers figures, but again, that kind of makes me a hypocrite based on what I said back there in the episode. So, I've seen a couple customs, but doesn't exist, but I swore I wouldn't buy them. So, and? did not make the list. Oh, okay, okay, you didn't. I, I thought you were um, about to show them. And I'm thinking like, oh, the old G4 series, like the God Phoenix. Oh, Turns out it exists. Yeah. So, uh, didn't make the list because it does truly exist. So, I had to kind of narrow it down to a few okay. things. So, that that's my uh, disclaimer. Okay. All right. Most of what I wanted is actually out there. Yeah, exactly. So this is a lot tougher than it would have been uh, a decade or so ago where we probably would have had a whole laundry list of things, and now it's harder to find things that don't exist or are not at least rumored to come than it is to find things that are you know, coming down the pike. Phil, anything you think of, or should we just dive into our uh, threes and twos? Uh, no, because like I, the, I went in the same route of thinking of like all these things that I would have wanted, and like they do exist at this point, which is just unbelievable. Like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like, board game would be cool oh wait i own that um like a new battle oh that exists so it's like i don't know i think though the world caught up to my brain so it, it was a little <laughs> bit of a struggle but I, I came up with three that i think are good all right so my number three 
Batman in the Arrow slash CW-verse. What is taking so long? Literally everyone else has arrived by this point. They teased, then confirmed his existence. And I know that the company line was not to confuse the audience with cinematic and television versions, which by this point is actually a total insult to the audience. Now, this is, of course, what I was referencing earlier when we were talking about Spider-Man, about how Marvel has crafted several separate universes and they don't seem to worry about the audience being confused because, well, we have one guy that's a live-action Spider-Man, then we have one guy that's a video game Spider-Man, and then we have one guy that's a CG animated movie Spider-Man in which there are multiple Spider-Mans, and yet I've never heard about anyone being confused. Um, I mean, once they put... I mean, in this first season of Supergirl, they teased Superman, and it was almost comical, which I believe was the point. And then they just brought him in in the second season. He was there, flesh and blood. It was terrific. Once you bring in Superman, your audience expects at some point Batman's going to arrive, okay? Um, now they had simultaneous Flash and simultaneous Superman appearances, simultaneous Cyborg appearances... Now we've got Michael Keaton, Ben Affleck, and Bobby Pats headed to the silver screen, which now appear to be in the same year. Get over it and allow the CW creators to have fun with Batman because from what we've seen with the CW guys, they'll probably end up doing it better than the movies, which I assume is the fear. Um, all right, so that's my number three. My number two is something that I bet Tim would be into, and I bet I'm willing to bet you guys would be interested in. I would love an open-world, universal monsters game like Ghost of Tsushima, like Red Dead Redemption. And I want them not want like these upgraded, like, supercharged versions. I want the classic, old-school, universal monster movie feel to it. And I mean, imagine exploring the spooky forests outside of Dracula's castle... Then the dark hallways of the castle itself, all the while hearing wolves howling in the background, hearing them get closer. Imagine what video game sound designers could do with this to set the tone. Imagine happening upon the villages outside of Frankenstein's laboratory, knowing that at any turn you could run into his monster. Come on, man. This thing would just be... Uh, I, I, I doubt this would ever happen. It would have to be some sort of uh, reimagined universe. But what couldn't even like parts of it be really toned down? Like maybe even make it black and white. You know, you could have color here and there. Like fire could be color, blood could be color. But could you imagine the rest of that thing being black and white? How absolutely breathtaking that can be! Come on, man. You know you'd have to jump on board with something like that. Phil. Oh man. All right. So. I'll start with number three, and I, I don't know if you guys will remember this. Uh, do you guys remember the fighting game, Bloody Roar? Yes. You would. It was like a 3D fighter like Tekken, but you had a button that would let you transform into a monster beast form of your character, and it would give you different moves. And there were like bloody finishers and stuff. For some reason, when this came up, I was like, man, whatever happened to that game? I would love to uh, actually see this come back. So I did a little research, and they have not made one since, like, 2003. Uh, and that was only in the arcade. So it's been a very, very, very long time. And I like a good fighting game here and there. And 
I think that it was unique enough that finding a new version of it would be very, very cool. Um, and if you haven't played it before, uh, you know, find yourself an emulator or something and, and give it a go. It's it's a fun little, obviously not as clean cut as the fighting games of today, but that's kind of why I would like to see a resurgence of it. But that wasn't the one I was super Bloody excited Roar. for. Oh, okay. Yeah. Bloody Roar. You can look it up. It there. It doesn't now. It did not age very well, uh, image-wise. But like altered beast, only a fighter. Kinda similar type of idea, but each okay, character right. was like its own type of beast. Uh, we used to play it a lot, a lot. Uh, so that came to mind. Okay. All right. My second honorable mention. This would be a reboot of the Never-Ending Story. Oh man, be careful. We need to be a continuation. I don't know because I really was not a big fan of two. So, <laughs> I mean, if it never ends, just saying. Yes, I, I see what you're getting at. But no, no. I, I mean, I, I just love, I love the base <laughs> of that thing and the idea of like a kid falling into a book and it being like their world. And uh, I thought it'd be really cool to see that rebooted and and done with like some added stuff and like maybe even make it more geared toward the people that grew up with it so it could be a little darker because there's obviously a lot of darkness circling that world in the initial film and uh we could see a little bit more of that because people are more open to seeing that stuff so i just think it'd be really cool to see that rebooted that's a good one Gary? i would watch that Gary? yeah i would watch the heck out of that mm. all right um my number three, and I, I have a, a nine-year-old right now who a couple of years ago was seven. A couple of years before that, he was five. So recent history, I yes, that doing the That's math. That's why that works. Yeah, that's good math. I was, right. I was, yeah, I was wondering in myself. History, okay. I've watched a lot of kids' TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, there have been a number of shows throughout my life where I have latched on to a tertiary character, Willie from The Simpsons, or... Oh, geez. Um, okay. I probably should have thought of these examples before I tried listing them. Point is, there was a kid's show uh, a number of years ago called Wally Kazam. I don't know if either of you have heard of it. No. Um, computer animated. It was, you know, sort of there to strengthen their uh, spelling, word sounds, things like that. Um, Wally was a troll. Uh, he had a number of different. Uh, mystical type friends fairies goblins uh weird al yankovic did the voice of wizard tim you know there was a character in this series named bob goblin um look him up on youtube find a video it's one of those situations where again the jokes are there for the parents to pick up on you know the plays on words the um Point is, Wally Kazam as a toy line, or never had a toy line. They put out Peppa Pig, they put out all these other useless shows into toy lines, but they never had anything for Wally Kazam. And I would have paid handsomely for a Bob Goblin figure. <laughs> so that is my number three. It's not, not amazing, but it's something that, you know, over a number of years I could say I've wanted and therefore it made the list. I just tried typing it in, and I got redirected to Bob Golick twice. I found him. (laughs) Funny you should say that. My number two, 
fantasy item that I would like to uh, find under my Christmas tree is my uh, Cleveland Browns replica Lombardi trophy. Oh, <clears throat> my God. Talking about things that don't exist, but I would love to have. Oh, that yeah, is, yeah. Wow. That one, uh, sorry, you, you said it was open to interpretation? Absolutely. Oh, you're fine. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, not a lot of story to that one. Just... I get it. I don't have one. I think we're always for that same thing. Yeah. All All right. right. So there's my three and two. Bob Goblin and a Cleveland Browns Super Bowl trophy. All right. So my number one. And now tell me you guys would not play this game. An open world Indiana Jones video game. Red Dead Redemption showed it that this needs to happen. Okay. Put it all in there. Ark of the Covenant, Shankara Stones, Holy Grail. Even popular extended universe MacGuffins such as the Lost City of Atlantis. Add in a ton of real fictional artifacts. Pepper the world with adversaries such as pre-World War II, Third Reich soldiers, rival archaeologists. Maybe even a little bit of a hint of the supernatural. The mission adventures could mirror the movies or even send you along new paths. This open world could be truly the world. Imagine fast traveling across the globe, tracing a red line across a sepia-toned map. Come on, man. It's already built in. Uncharted is amazing. Among my favorite batch of games I've ever played, I suspect these games are the reason Indies sort of disappeared from the gaming landscape. But Indiana Jones' mythology is firmly intact, with a little bit more on the way. Flashbacks could even cover some of Indiana Jones' early adventures. This seems like so perfectly elegant for a gamer to go you know we fast travel in uh um red dead redemption by building a campfire you do it in uh ghost of tsushima by a simple uh cross dissolve i mean i would love i would get such a chill like oh we found out we got to go to um we got to go to uh we got to go to the amazon forest and then you're going to hear the music you're going to see that little biplane and a little red line tracing it you even get a little bit of geography lesson while you're at it this just seems like if ever I think Indiana Jones would find a huge new life in this, and I think that you even approach old Harrison Ford for this and like listen, uh, look who all these people have done video game voices. You ought to consider this. I think he, I mean, you can get him to do it. Um, he could be Indiana Jones indefinitely. This, this I I thought of this first when I thought of this segment. Mm. Isn't it called Tomb Raider? Well, no, because that doesn't <laughs> okay. have Indiana Jones. It has Laura Croft. I want yes. Indiana Jones, Gary. Okay. <laughs> Man, it is like a child on Christmas. I want Indiana Jones, Gary. All right. So you mentioned Uncharted as well, and that's that's kind of what I thought of. But no, I mm. I, I definitely the franchise would need to be represented. And like you said, Harrison Ford could be Indiana Jones forever at that point. Hey, people forget, we talked about Sean Connery. He did a James Bond game back in the early to mid-2000s when they made From Russia to Love. He was the voice, which I still couldn't believe, but it was it added a little something to those cutscenes, man. It really did. And I was kind of surprised. You could tell, like, Pierce Brosnan did it for his, uh, whatever the game he did it, and you could kind of tell, like, he either was just wasn't really that into it or he didn't understand it because, you know, second-gen games weren't all that great yet. But Sean Connery seemed to understand completely what was going on. 
<laughs> and it, he, it, it, it added something to the proceedings. So if you get Harrison Ford in there, I think this thing sells itself, man. Mm. I mean, yeah, hmm. I, I would definitely check it out. I know Tim would be all over this thing like me. Oh, yeah. All right. So my number one, uh, it's no secret that I am a big fan of those JRPGs. And there is one that kind of fell off the face of the earth um, in the mid-2000s. There has been – I did a little research on this too, and there's been, of course, a mobile resurgence in Japan but not in the States. And I don't count mobile games anyhow as, uh, you know, proper video games for the most part. I'm I've talked about this before. That. that you very quickly realize how mindless and pointless they are to play. So – have either one of you heard of the JRPG series Wild Arms? I have not. I've I can envision like the title screen, but I don't think I've ever played them. So Wild Arms was the closest thing to a Western like cowboys shoot 'em up JRPG that ever existed. Um, the premise of the game was that there is a weird, mysterious a machine called arms and they're guns basically so you had to keep your bullets as like a functional item during your fights you would craft grenades and different types of tnt and bombs in a tools section and you were basically going around and treasure hunting as these gun toting people and of course there is like a deeper story of like something bad going on and where all where's all this technology coming from and it doesn't fit in with the rest of the world and you dungeon crawl and just seeing especially now like seeing what video games look like in like the next gen and how fast games load and how these open world games are just getting bigger and faster and more beautiful the idea of a new version of this even if they kept it as the turn-based beauty that it was way back when, the thought of how different and how fondly I remember this series, a new version of that would just knock my socks off. So I was torn between a couple different JRPGs for this top spot, but this is the one I leaned on, and that's why I was like, I don't know about having two like honorable honorables that would have been in the same realm. So uh, I, I think Wild Arms is a good call, and any of my like late '90s, early 2000s friends that play JRPGs, I know remember this because we passed it around. So Wild Arms is my uh, my dream under the tree reboot. There's nothing so I, like I'm a, a, big, I'm a, a big fan of those. Uh... RP, you know, JRPGs. Mm -hmm. So having a Western was it's something I, I have not tried yet. Uh, the, I would skip the original PS1 one because it was brutal. And the whole idea of trying to figure out what you're supposed to do is very, very hard. Um, two, three, and four are fantastic. Uh, hmm. So hmm. PS1, PS2 era. I have both those systems. So I can play them both. All right. If you can find them cheap, because I don't think you can, but... Have at it. All right, am I up? You are up. All Bring right, home. All right. I hope there's a lot of room under that uh, panel scanner's Christmas tree because this sucker's big. I'm talking like USS Flag big. Oh. And trying to make room for it here in my office. I've already uh, moved my Eagle Five out of the way, and my uh, President Scrooge with beaming platform playset. What? I want a transformable Spaceball One. 
slash Mega Maid. That's awesome. I want actually the Spaceballs playset. All of them. I know why they don't exist. But can you imagine a Mega Maid standing about six feet tall? I just recently watched Spaceballs with my son last night. He has not stopped laughing. So good. Oh my goodness. I, um, I already, my mind is already swimming in this. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I, again, looked online to make sure it doesn't exist. I, I found some customs, you know, sort of the, no, sir, I didn't see you playing with your dolls again. Those dolls, <laughs> custom, they're out there. But an official, like I said, the size of the G.I. Joe USS flag. Because that was that was the very first sight gag in the movie was Spaceball One flying in front of the camera for like three and a half minutes, and that's all Evan kept saying was, "Why is it so long? Why is it so long?" But yeah, I... so and they just went from that to again, you know, like the Dinks and Yogurts Temple, um, the Sands, the Spaceball Sand Speeder with the desert helmet and oversized combs. Um, Oh geez, like like Eagle Five alone. I mean, I, I've seen. I don't know if it's official or not, but it was sort of like a Lego version. I think it was like an off-brand brick kit, and I don't know if there was actually plans involved. But I mean, <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it's the whole Spaceballs world if, if they're going to do this, and then just let's say with the transformable Spaceball One to Mega Maid. I don't think it gets better than that. Follow me on this, Gary. If they're going to okay. do that, it has to be fully functional, and there needs to be a switch on it so you could switch it from suck to blow. Look to blow, yes. Yeah, oh, there's the oh reverse switch. Yes. Okay, Gary wins. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, when you that, gave me this topic, man, boom. That was there instantly. Two and three took a while to come up with. One, no question. I'll admit if, if I'm looking at, in the store, an Indiana Jones open world game, and I can have that or a, a Mega Maid for my... And I, I'm, I'm probably going with the Mega Maid. Uh, it scratches the Transformer itch. I said that the, the movie-accurate Unicron already exists. The Quintesson Judge already exists. Where are my space balls? I literally backed a board game on Kickstarter a few years ago uh, in like May of 2018 simply because the stretch goals were characters from Spaceballs. Nice. So those are sitting on my shelf somewhere. Next time we do one of these together, Gary, I will uh, I will bust those little miniatures out and show them to you because they are quality. Oh, yeah. I got to see uh... that. That it's been so long since I've seen that movie, and it, uh... it's so good. I mean, other other than a little adult language, I mean, situationally, I don't think there was anything in that movie he shouldn't have seen. Um, <laughs> that's probably around the age I tackled it myself. So yeah, yeah, I know the sight gags. You know, every other. <laughs> I mean, anything Mel Brooks. When when he passes, I am going to be crushed. Oh, I mean, it's not no. going to be a good day. No, no, no. How dare you even mention it? He's I mean, never more going to Leslie, you know, Leslie Nielsen, but, I mean, whew. Yeah, that's going to be, Nielsen. you know, Spaceballs 2, The Quest for More Money. Still waiting on that to come out. I know. That in History of the World 2. You know, that's another one he promised. <laughs> Hitler on ice. <laughs> I need oh, to do, I need to do a marathon because, man, those are some great films. Oh, they are. 
Uh, I always remember. Garrett. I wanted uh, one of my text message alerts. So Gary knows I custom my text message alerts. And mm-hmm. one of them, I always wanted Rick Moranis going, keep firing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to finish that because it's a family-friendly show. <laughs> and, uh, I just, <laughs> in mixed company, that just would go off, keep firing. Uh. <laughs> I was getting Evan ready for school this morning. I walk out with my coffee. I'm like, I'm now ready to watch Radar. <laughs> I was drink coffee when I was Radar. Everybody knows that. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, wow. Man, I'm glad we ended with you, Gary. That was... uh. I get that a lot. <laughs> All right. That was fantastic. All oh. right, man. That was fun. But that is not all that we have this month. Uh, a little bit later this month, we will be back talking about some nerd culture holiday specials that we would like to see made. I have a retroactive review of The Last Christmas uh, by Jerry Duggan, Brian Posehn, with art by Rick Remender, which is weird. Uh, and that's pretty much going to be our focus later this month. Uh, remember, as always, you can follow us on Instagram, Panel Scanner. And that is probably one of the better ways to get in touch with us. Uh, So if you guys don't have anything else, until later this month, enjoy your comics.